What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cooperators Viewers Couch. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, and today I am joined by the hurricane in the center of the screen. How's it going, Carmen? I'm eating bread. Mmm. And drinking nog. Yeah. Bread and nog. And merry happy. <laughs> and, of course, my constant co-host on the Cooperators, we have Gabe on the right there. How's it going, Gabe? Um, I'm good. Drinking also eggnog. Nice, nice. Um... Today we are continuing our very special thing of cooperators. Reviewers Couch, we are continuing our Christmas episodes. Today is a Medea Christmas. Why we decided to do this movie, I have no idea. But, you know, it's, it's what's happening. It's your choice. What are you talking about? It wasn't my choice. It was, every, it was Gabe's choice. Listen, no. I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to say this. To quote... Um, to quote... Um, Ignacy Visineski, who wrote for the AV Club uh, the article, By the Standards of the Series, A Medea Christmas is a Modest Improvement. From what? <laughs> By the Standards of Tyler Perry's Medea Series, A Christmas <laughs> for the simple reason that it never attempts to turn the title character, a rude, short-fused, malapropism-prone old woman, played by Perry, in drag, into a tough love guru whose advice single-handedly fixes the other character's problems. Boom. In the spirit of Christmas. In the spirit true, yeah. of that's, Christmas. That's accurately captured that. Also, also, my eggnog only has 70 calories. Yeah? And you're giving away that free advertising again? In the entire Gabe. bottle? <laughs> mm -hmm. If you How didn't know, each and every week on the Cooperators, we talk about a new movie. This week we are doing a double, <laughs> double week uh, with one going today and one on Wednesday, so make sure to catch oh. us for that. Oh, these guys, they love their eggnog. I ran out of eggnog this morning because I decided to go a little oh, bingey. First serving, first serving. Uh, yeah, for like half a cup. Yeah, <laughs> I'm using still less than mine. Mine is 110, but still. Oh, geez. All right. Also, well, before we off, before we get to the movie story, I want to talk about eggnog for a bit because last time I lambasted the French for fucking calling eggnog laid to pool like hen's milk and i was like oh that's so, so gross but then it's like you think about the english version eggnog like egg like that's not even a word why not call it egg milk like they're like the english people were like oh let's just invent a brand new word to capture this ridiculous thing we've come up with isn't that what they do with everything though <laughs> isn't yeah. that what our language is it's just a bunch of made-up crap yeah it was like I think that it was like a point when like they stopped like making up like new words for things. They were like just call it something else. Gabe, why the fuck are you eating again? Oh, Gabe is always eating on our podcast. It is his signature move. Nope, don't oh, yeah? you start to I actually no, prepared for this. I, I I prepared so I could eat some in, in front of Gabe oh, too. Oh my god! All right, I'm going to turn you guys off for a second. No. Yep. All right, <laughs> you are now muted. I'm going to continue. The, you can catch us whenever we do the podcast on Twitch.tv slash the co underscore operators and you can catch us on podcasting services around the globe that's right wherever you listen to your podcast we will be there and like i said we this week we are doing a medea christmas and let's just jump into it guys let's get that two minute plot summary uh carmen can i get two minutes up on the board yeah you bet but also it was your choice oh. to do this movie you're it, like oh i don't know what you're talking about uh, we originally we we're gonna do christmas chronicles then we collectively agreed there was it not was much to say about it. It's a crap movie. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Just for a certain audience. Anyway, so you chose this one. 
Hmm? I didn't mind it. Well, actually, that's, that's that's a conversation for another time, but I didn't right. mind it. I think I can actually do this and get us a timer, uh, but I don't get five minutes. I only get two. Let's get a timer up on the clock so people can actually see it. All right. And I'm going to start in three, two, one, go. So this starts out with, like, they're in a department store, and Medea just got a job there, and she's really bad at her job, so she gets fired almost instantly. Uh, and then she demands, like, where is my money? That was a pretty good scene. Um, then we go to Eileen's daughter, who is the friend of Medea. Uh, her daughter, uh, Lacey Williams, a teacher in a small school in Alabama who is married to a white man named Connor, who she has not told her mom she has married, which is the big plot point of this entire movie, it seems. Um, and they find out they have no money for the Christmas Jubilee, which is getting everyone angry because, like, I don't know, there's, like, stuff going on and, like, they're selling uh, poinsettias, which was apparently very important. And, yeah, uh, so she calls her ex-boyfriend, Oliver, who they broke up with because of some weird thing, and she, he started dating some, like, hotter person or something. I'm not sure. That, that was not really explained well. But apparently he is now divorced and is ready to mingle with Eileen, but not knowing that she is married. So, uh, Lacey Another calls... Mom, Lacey. Yes. Yeah. Lacey calls her mother and, uh, says that she's not able to come home for Christmas, so Lacey's mom decides to come out to the place in Alabama, and a bunch of crap happens, and apparently she's kind of racist, and she doesn't like white the white guy, and she's like, they try and hide, like, that they're married, and... I don't even know what else happens in this, guys. Uh, they get the money for the Jubilee, and it's from, like, this company that, like, ruined this town. And then uh, a bunch of other little things happen. They finally find out that she is married to the white dude. Uh, the other guy tries to kiss her. Uh, and then she screws over the sponsor by, like, making them commit, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is illegal. Because she can't just, like, pretend that's a thing and say it out loud. And then uh, says that they'll be releasing water from the dam to help the city but uh that is also legal because they're not gonna do it and that's the end of the movie <laughs> yep yeah. uh yeah so that uh that was pretty much the movie from what i remember it uh, i don't remember <laughs> this, this movie like nothing happened oh god so this movie was first released on december 13th 2013 uh, it has a runtime of 100 minutes and has a budget of $25 million and made, at the box office, $53 million. I've got no idea how it made $53 million. I also found out this week that Tyler Perry is a billionaire, apparently, now. He's made a lot of money on these 17 movies he's made. And I don't get it. I've watched one and a half of the Medea series, and I just don't get why people watch them. I just, I really don't. Ooh. Like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this. Okay, then. good. Because I watched, like, part of the uh, Halloween one. I was like, this is bad. Like, this is just awful. So I had to turn that one off. I couldn't even get through it. And this one, I was, like, maybe 15 minutes into it. Maybe 30. And I was like, oh, yeah. There has to be, like, maybe, like, 20 minutes left in this movie. And I looked down, and I was like, oh, my God. There's still 70 minutes. There's still over an hour of this movie to go on, and nothing has happened. I'm 30 minutes into this movie. Like, nothing is happening. What is with this movie? <laughs> But maybe that's just me. Um, I think <clears throat> so. I think there's a couple things about this this series, but in particular, I think this film that um, I think one of the standouts. And then Carmen, feel free to chime in if there's something I'm missing or like you're like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
So I think you first feel of all, free to pat you on the back. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I like being patted on the back. Okay. Um, one of the first things that I find is really fascinating about these this series and also films where you have a director who's a person of color is representation. And what you don't see in most films, I mean, I'll say it, like Elf is a great film, but representation is not shown in those films. Not Representation is not shown in any mainstream Christmas holiday um, genre film. And so when you have uh, a series like Medea, you notice right off the bat that there's color and people of color. Um, but also class is really highly introduced into this series as well. And there's something about this film in particular. Uh, the other films do it too, but in this film in particular, touches on class in ways that can be humorous, critical, self-aware. Um, and I think that's why it, it, it has such a touchstone to audiences. Now, I'm not going to say which audiences, because I feel like then that's me speaking for groups of people. But for me, I enjoy it because the exploration of class, the exploration of the mother and the daughter, and the mother not recognizing the fact that her daughter could marry someone of lower class. And she considers, like in the beginning when she kind of creates the ruse, the daughter, she says like, yeah, I guess you guys are just like the help. You can quickly see how the mom just treats them horribly. And it, that, again, that's the appeal for me of why I um, find these films fascinating because it is an exploration to class. And I think, um, I think every film has politics in it. And for me, that's what I really get out of it. But what this film does that I really like is it talks about politics, but also plays on the Christmas tropes too. Um, and that's something that I know for myself um, is kind of tricky because, you know, Christmas is about Christ and like the resurrection and like the birth of Christ and all of those other lores that are in it. Right. Uh, Whereas, yeah. Here, yeah. In the ideas, it's like it's it's like bringing back this old school 1936 style folksy common sense, like bringing the Christ back in Christmas kind of thing. And I don't necessarily agree with it. It's just it's an interesting thing. And, and it does raise some issues. So maybe actually that's a good segue to kind of switch it over to you, Carmen, because I think you noticed some issues with it. But um, right now we're yeah, I feel like I just rambled a bit. But anyways, that's why I like it. That's that's the long and the short of it. Points, yeah. Ben, I think you had a point there. Yeah, so I, I, I know, like, I, this movie kind of made a, a re reference back to the religious part. I think that Christmas has really become less about that in at least recent years. And I think over my entire lifetime, it's gone really, it's very commercial, right? So it's not just Christians who celebrate Christmas. It's kind of just, like, general publics that aren't religions that don't celebrate Christmas at this point. Uh, and even some of those, like, they're starting to incorporate it into more culture and stuff. So I think this movie definitely does bring it back to that. Like, I mean, this entire place in Alabama is very religious, very like old school thinking, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know if I would really say that Christmas is all about that anymore. But that's right. just kind of a personal opinion as well. What's the date of the film that it was released? Was it 2012 20, or 2013? 2013. So it's right after the year, I think around that time, and maybe I'm wrong, that was the year where like the United States was like very adamant about it's the war on Christmas because people wanted to switch the sayings to say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. 
And there's this whole huge bit that Fox News did, and they kind of called it the war on Christmas. And so I think it's interesting that Tyler Perry's film comes out after that, because um, maybe there is some satire in that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is some kind of like nuanced kind of like ribbing. Um, because I think that's the other thing that I like about these this film, the film series, and in particular this film, is they're a lot. Everyone's treating the audience a lot smarter than they are. And yes, there's these silly gags in it, like the department store gags were hilarious because they're so kind of like sticky of like they're sticky of like um, what does she say to the woman, the elderly woman? She's like, no, you shouldn't be wearing that. Oh yeah, Nuh-uh. that's for young, that. young, uh, tight women. That's for young women. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like there's there's this play on like misogyny and body type and all these things that like are easy gags but then there's like the highbrow kind of humor of like i don't know i think maybe there is a poking fun of like christ and christmas and the religious aspect of it and i do agree with you ben i think as we progress into the holidays that they do become more secular and less about the religion but you can't deny that there's oh yeah that's where they come there's still a tie yeah uh, yeah, go ahead. Like, I want to hear some thoughts from you, Carmen. What'd you think about the movie? Well, I'll, I'll start off talking about some things that I liked about it. Like, there was, it, I definitely thought it was funnier than the the Boo films that I watched. Uh, I, like, my favorite gag that maybe burst out loud was a, a really very subtle thing that Perry did, where he walked into, or Medea um, walks into a room, and then like, uh, or Lacey is like showing them the house and like walking around, and then she like is trying to like, like you know, like. Uh, kind of like feature proof it or at the at the time or husband proof it at the time like you know putting down pictures and stuff mm-hmm. and like she's like oh like what do i need she's like panicking and like you know as the audience you're like on edge too because it's, it's like you know what she's trying to do like hide it from her mom and so she like puts a picture down and her mom just kind of like walks past it and then medea like looks at the picture and just like lifts it up and yeah. looks and then like puts it back down <laughs> and just kind of like looks over at like lazy and just, like, <laughs> you know it's just like and it doesn't it doesn't cut either which is and that was like something i also noticed about Perry's filmmaking is like he'll often just like let scenes go and there's very mm-hmm. few cuts like way fewer than you'd have in like another Hollywood film and so it's interesting how he just kind of like lets the scene play out mm-hmm. and it seems that you know he will just kind of have an idea about what the scene needs to accomplish and then let people kind of go on and maybe that's why he gets uh, other comedians involved as well uh, but anyway so I thought that that scene when with the picture I laughed out loud at the most of that part there a couple of good moments like that uh, throughout the film that were actually like you know uh, laugh out loud funny uh the the christian aspect of it and like the the christmas and all that i mean like you know you can make the case that christmas should be about christ because that's what it's called but also like people have been celebrating holidays in december for hundreds of years like even before christians as well like pagans had holidays mm-hmm. around that time i mean the jewish people have theirs there's a, you know the um uh oh what is the the african um celebration around this time oh uh kwanzaa Kwanzaa. yeah yeah i mean you know there's 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 a ton of them there's there's a lot of celebrations that happen around december and so um like i don't know if like you know the whole like defense of like oh it's christmas should be about christ you know is like it's just kind of like at some point the christians were like oh okay this holiday is about now yeah. our person right yeah. so i mean like you know that it, it at the aside i think the film also te- does take a pro uh christian approach i don't mm-hmm. know if it's so much ribbing because it's it's 
if it is, then it does it like very, very lovingly because mm-hmm. at the end it seems like you know the, it's like the big bad guys in the film are arguably like the biggest. You know, there's kind of like maybe three antagonists. There's the mom, there's the bully, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's the the big company. And like the big yeah. company is the evilest of all them because they're trying to get Jesus out of Christmas. You know, and you know maybe that's not that maybe that was an actual struggle that a small town had at some point. You know, and it could be that. But it's interesting that that's that becomes like the reason why they're the biggest villain, mm-hmm. and like the fact that they like kind of uh, have built a dam that messes up the town's watering system or whatever, kind of goes by the wayside. It seems mm-hmm. like they're, they're focused on the fact that like oh this is like an yeah. anti-religious uh, you know organization, and you know the implication with that is like okay well I mean you know if if they're so like pro uh, you know our religion or whatever like to not make space for other people like you know it's it's not making space for other religions or whatever and saying like oh like we don't we're not going to force our beliefs down your throat we'll just join us in celebrating right it's like yeah. so i mean there's a weird uh oxymoron it seems there that mm-hmm. and yeah so i mean that was one of my biggest issues with the film is that sort of like vilifying of anti-christmas sort of uh sentiment mm-hmm. yep yeah, I think that's really spot on. I think a point you bring up, Carmen, uh, which I think is really interesting about the Tyler Perry style of filmmaking is the long takes. And I think in the Medea's series, part of the reason for that is because Medea's lines are all ad-libbed. Um, it's all improv. Um, he doesn't really stick to script, but the other actors do. And mm. so they kind of have to find a way of navigating it back after. So I, it's so funny watching those scenes. Like the picture frame one is a good one because I wonder if that was on script. And it makes me kind of giggle even more because it's like, how do you play off that? It'd be even um, funnier if it wasn't on script and he like actually forgot what was on that picture. <laughs> she put it down. He's just like, oh, what is this again? Oh, oh, yeah, right, 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 all right. So they're married. That's okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I, I think there's uh, a little bit of that in the post credit scene when like, uh, or sorry, in the during credit scene when like, He's just like, or Medea's just sitting at the front of the class, and the teacher is just like has to like go off of her and like, or and like you know this ridiculous thing she's saying. And I, I thought that well, I mean, I'll touch on that later about what I thought about the performances, but she did really good, just like kind of like keeping her shit together while you know, he's just going off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I understand yeah. too, though, that like it is a hard um, film series, not a hard film series. It can be. It might not. It might be a little bit of a difficult. Um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. I think for some people it's harder to get into, yeah. whereas for others it, it, it can be an interesting – it's it's an easy progression. And I think it kind of also depends on, like, what what you're used to in terms of, like, what filmmaking is. Because I know that I think – I don't think a lot of people gave um, the Medea series a lot of credit. And I don't and – I'm, and I'm not saying that it reinvented cinema. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying – there's an interesting kind of inherent, and I'm not saying we are, I'm just, it's just kind of interesting. You kind of have to put the two together. It's almost like a inherent racism mm-hmm. of just to put it off because it's like, it's a black director, it's a black series, we're not going to take it seriously. And so then what's the difference between that and like, you know, a Spike Lee film or, um, or yeah, or even like, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Coogler's uh, films that have happened. And I think that's the interesting thing is, the time period of even this one in 2012, that's not that long ago. It's like eight years ago. 
And I mean, so far from what I've seen, this is my favorite Medea film. Um, I agree with you, Carmen. It, it's my favorite. And it's my favorite, I think, just because of the, I don't know, did you feel like it was a lot more subtle? Yes. There, there was less Medea in it. And yeah. it wasn't like yeah. focused on her. It was, it was like she was the voice of reason in the entire thing, mm-hmm. yeah. in her own ridiculous way, which was I thought was really good. Like yeah. her, yeah. her like I don't know, like kind of arrangement in this film worked really well. Yeah, yeah, and I, so, and the casting was really good. So maybe that's the next thing to talk about is like the the roles, the performances. Unless Ben, there's anything else yeah. you want to talk about? So I there were definitely parts in this. Like I I kind of shat on the movie at the beginning of the show, but. There were definitely parts where I laughed out loud, like the picture going yeah. up and down. And I was like, "All right, well, Medea already knows like what's going on. Like she knows that he's not just like the farmhand." And like it was really smart that way. Like, and again, like I only watched like part of the Halloween one because I just couldn't get through it. But yeah, you could see that she was like more like you said, like the voice of reason in her own way. Um, and she was hilarious. Like whenever she was actually talking, the things she said. Or I guess he said, I don't know how we're going to say it, but whatever Medea said, it was just amazing. And it was so funny the way she interacted with, like, um, Larry the Cable Guy and, like, just, like, those back and forths they have. Because, like, I have to assume that a lot of his lines were also improvised because they were the most random things ever. Um, And he's so, oh, God, so funny. And, like, the classroom scene was amazing. Like, I laughed out loud when they came back to the classroom and she was, like, up on the cross with, like, the lights around the kid. I was just like, like, who does that? One, in a movie. But also just, like, imagining that in real life and, like, how she, like, grabbed the kid and somehow got her to stay still while she, like, wrapped her up. Was, oh, just so good. Um, but the random KKK scene was super weird. Um... But also, when you think about it, it's even worse because, like, the other, like, the random dude who she asked for directions pointed her to the KKK meeting, which is like, oh my god. <laughs> and then they kind of just ignored it. Like, I feel like if you actually walked into a KKK meeting as a black person, they might come after you afterwards. But they just kind of looked at her and then went back to their meeting. I was like, oh, okay. So, th- yeah. wh- where's the payoff here? <laughs> like, is there going to be payoff? And there wasn't. Um, I think the closest thing would be, I guess, like getting the idea into is it Eileen's head when she eventually sees the weird sex game that uh, his parents were doing, Connor's parents were doing. That was also kind of weird. Uh, but you know, like there were definitely good parts. But I agree, like it definitely did not get good reviews. Like IMDb gives it like a four point nine. Rotten Tomato has like it at twenty percent, uh, and Common Sense Media had that one out of five which is pretty bad, but I think viewers liked this movie, or the people who liked this movie really liked it, because, like, Google users gave it, like, 91% liked. So it's, like, I think that critics didn't like it, but I think that people who like the genre and, like, the Medea films really like this movie. Um, And I could see why people like it. I just think there were so many side stories and side plots that just didn't need to be there. Uh, the stuff with the kid didn't really need to be there. Uh, yeah, we get it. Like, his dad's awful, and we learned that he, like, gets better eventually. But you could have done that through a different way instead of having, like, this kid who's basically getting abused at home in ways. And, like, if not physically, then, like, mentally abused in ways. And just, like, I guess I just didn't really see why you needed, like, six different, sto- like, sub-stories into this one movie instead of just whole- 
doing like the Jubilee and then having uh, her family stuff is the main one. And then the Jubilee is the second one, right? Because those are two the two main plots. But then there's like all these side shoots that I think just muddled the water too much and you didn't need to have them in there. Yeah, I mean, I think, I yeah, I mean, I don't, I think there are parts of it that, like, it's interesting seeing these films because I don't know what if we're seeing them in, or at least the last two that Carmen and I saw. I don't know if that's chronologically, I'm trying to look at the orders of the film dates of how they're released, and I'm wondering if that's just the but development. Boo and Boo 2 came after this one. Oh, yeah, 2016, I'm just looking up here. 2016, and then Boo 2's later. Two thousand seven. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bootsu came first, the and then. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so, yeah. I mean, I wonder why. I mean, maybe it's part of partially casting, and so you do have some. I know not high caliber names, but like you know, you've got Whoa. Chad Michael Murray. Well, Chad Michael got, Murray like, is a top notch name. Have you never seen One Tree Hill? Come on, Gabe. Oh, I haven't. Well, what? I know Chad Michael Murray is a <laughs> is a famous heartthrob. Uh, and the actors, uh, I know that Also, like lot. you've got Larry the Cable Guy, mm. you've got the. I mean, I think. The wife. I, I think what I like about the. I mean, and I'm again, I'm not trying to to defend it. I just think possibly the reason for such a um, sporadic storyline, or I, I guess maybe like a tentacled storyline, is that the character is kind of like the town in a way, and so you have all these subplots that are revolving around the town's people too. Yeah. Uh, but I. I can see how that it does get a bit confusing if you're not following along um, or just wondering like what the typical what's what's this payoff going to be. Um, so, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. I think we can move into the next section there. Carmen, that you want to start uh, before I kind of took over oh, a yeah. bit. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the casting. I thought that the well, overall the performances were actually really good. I was impressed. Uh, I thought everyone was spot on. Uh, is you know convincing and uh, well you know this is coming off of Christmas Chronicles two, which we originally <laughs> were gonna watch and then I I watched it and I was just like ah, and you know much love to like you know Kurt Russell and oh, yeah. and uh, and uh, was it Goldie Hawn? Yeah. Uh, but I mean I didn't think the performances were super good in this one, uh, and uh, I mean you know like. Maybe that's what they were going for and all that. I, you know, I have to concede that. But I, I got to say, I enjoyed the performance, especially the ch child actor, in the in Medea far more than in the um, in Christmas Chronicles. Thought it was, like the kid, I thought was really good, and I, mm -hmm. I think that like you know, getting good child actors is even more challenging than getting good adult actors. And so they for did sure. a pretty yeah. good job on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah like hard heartfelt moments it was really good it was yeah, solid. I, yeah i think the casting was well. really good i think again like larry the cable guy and the wife who i her oh what's her name um Kathy yeah um who's also very funny comedian like she's been in so much stuff uh she's in focus yeah oh nice uh but yeah like those three together like every time they were on screen together i laughed because they said the most ridiculous things they had such good chemistry like back and forth like it was seemed so natural um again chad michael murray his character like i think he definitely like tried to overact this character uh but overall i thought it was okay performance 
Uh, plus, it's Chow Michael Murray, so, I mean, I just, I always think back to One Tree Hill. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to be anything other than what I'm trying, trying to be lately. That's the theme song. <laughs> if you I've never know. seen that show, yeah. so I, that could be, like, a, the what new Bon Jovi. Tell me you've not seen One Tree Hill? <laughs> nah. Oh, my Most God. The next thing I know is you're going to tell me you haven't even seen The O.C. Yeah, you haven't seen The O.C. Uh, oh, my God. The next thing I know He's going to say he hasn't seen Gossip Girl. You probably haven't seen Gossip Girl. One Tree Hill? Pretty Little Liars? What? No. When do you guys have time to watch all these shows? <laughs> that came out when I was like in did like watch, early did high you watch school. The did you watch The Hills? Uh, no one watched I The mean, Hills. What about what about what about what about The Real Housewives? Uh, the Bachelor? Okay, I didn't watch those ones. Selling those Sunset. Ones. Nope. Uh, I watched that show Ben told me to watch on Netflix that one time. Daybreak. I still liked Daybreak. I thought it was a kind of a fun take on the zombie genre. Because it makes like uh, Mad Max in there and stuff. I, th- I liked it. I, yeah. Not as good as Final Space. But, you know. Final Space Season 3, coming soon. I'm stoked. Um, uh, well, back to the performances yeah. in this thing. I, see, I feel like for me, I agree. Um, I, I found... I mean, I, again, I don't know. I, I guess because I really, I felt myself really enjoying the cast. I thought they did a pretty good job. I think Chad Michael Murray's character, he just needed to be an asshole. And, um, you know, whether or not it was overacting, I still felt like he was an asshole. I really enjoyed um, Eileen's portrayal. I thought it was really good. I thought the classist overtones in it were spot on. And um, even the racism. Like, and I think that's the other thing that this film really touches on with race and class is that they are intertwined. Mm-hmm. And I needed to show my hands for that because I think it's important. <laughs> um, family. Family. Um, and I think there's something to be said because I, I do think that the, the, the contrast of the images where you see um, the opening shot of Connor's family embracing uh lacy and just like you can already tell they already are family Mm -hmm. and then the next thing is like oh i didn't tell my mom this and then watching that um comparing that relationship that they have with eileen and these new guests and eileen and even her daughter like eileen and lacy's relationship is really interesting too and there's a lot of um I guess you could say, like, there's a lot of cracks in the foundation, and so, I, I don't know, I just, I felt myself really kind of enjoying it, and I think, yeah, I, I enjoyed the performances, I thought the, the child actors were really good, the the Bailey, the character of Bailey was good, it was, and I think, Carmen, you're right, yeah, it's hard to find good child actors that can match um, a good cast of the of the trio of uh, Larry the Cable Guy, mm-hmm. uh, who's funny, Kim and Medea, because that's you know, it's it's a funny it's it's funny when they're when it's on fire. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the flirting that happened too between Buddy and Medea. <laughs> yeah, was yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was always so good. Um, can we uh, quickly talk about uh, the Chad Michael Murray's wife and that her the other movie that she did in 2013 was called A Wiener Dogs or Wiener Dog Nationals, and that is just amazing. That that's a movie out there. Alright. <laughs> Alright. That's the only thing I have to say about that. I don't it's think she's doing like anything amazing. But I thought that was very funny. 
Yeah, I, I um I think the other thing too that is you don't see it as much in the in the in Boo and Boo Two. At least I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, just because I haven't seen it since. But what I liked about this film was that there were a lot more establishing shots of like the area and the, and location, and so I felt like for me, I felt like the town was like more of a character in this in this sense. But I think maybe. I think maybe it was just because I, we've we've just seen this film quite recently where I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. So, no, I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah, Larry the Cable Guy moves on to Jingle All the Way too. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can't believe they made a second Jingle All the Way. <laughs> there was yeah. no need. It's like Jingle All the Way. Why? That's the tagline for the movie. And then it's Harry the Label yeah. Guy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, the 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 big moment in this film was when uh the Tanner character crashes his car somehow, and then uh, Eileen comes in and saves him. I thought that was a really great moment, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the scene that followed it as well. I thought that it, it was like you know in a in a pretty silly movie, like it it's it can be difficult to get that sort of gravity all of a sudden. And it happened so fast. It was like, you know, she leaves the house and all of a sudden it's like, boom, you're there in this moment. And it's like, it, and it got real too. Like, he's like, oh, I don't want to die and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. And and she pulls him out of the car and then it blows up. And you have like this big explosion all of a sudden. It's like a huge change of pace. But it, I thought it was a really great moment where it's like the two antagonists or like minor antagonists, they have to yeah. help each other all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And they like yep. save each other in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, yeah, that's good, Connor. That's good. Sorry, I cut you off. You keep going. <laughs> the, the one last thing I was going to say about that, uh, and, you know, slightly off topic, was that it was a little bit weird that, like, you know, the dude drives up, uh, Connor drives up, and then, like, immediately punches the guy in the face, like, ignoring the fact that there's, like, a crash truck that he probably knows because the small town belongs to the guy. So mm-hmm. he's just, like, <laughs> obviously he's been in a car crash, and he's like, hey, I'm going to punch you now. <laughs> Well, I guess it's the perfect time. I mean, he probably has a concussion from that car crash, so it's not like he's going to fight back. That's yeah, an easy hit. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a cheap shot for sure. That's a good point about what this film does, That, and I guess it's another thing that I really like about it, is it rides the ebb and flow of humor, lightheartedness to, like, getting quite real. And I think, like, I think about that opening sequence, too, when the families meet for the first time. And um, Eileen cuts down the tree, oh, and yeah. and it's like it's humorous, but it's also like super sad. Oh, it's terrible! And, oh my god! And I think, um, yeah, oh, it's awful. And then like I think it's like Connor. I think he says to Lacey, I can't remember exactly what he says, but I, I it's just like the shift changes because at first it's really funny, just because it's overreacting kind of, and it's like, oh man, that's that's hilarious, but also uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then they have that moment, Lacey and Connor have this moment, and I can't remember what Connor says. I think he just gives her a look of, like, what do you what do you want us to do here? Like, yeah. we're playing by. It doesn't make any sense. Like, you might as well tell her. And you can see it's, like, beating, it's beating Lacey up. And I think that's the other thing, too, about this film is, like, it's probably a real scenario. There are probably lots of couples out there that can't disclose who their partner is. And I think... Yes, it's a heterosexual couple, um, but I do think 
you can use that as like a metaphor for other couples out there um, that just can't really have their family. So they make their family. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Good. Yeah. Actually, one thing that we have not talked about at all is the dude and the sponsorship stuff and uh, the company, really. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, the other subplot is like the fact that there's the Jubilee coming up and they have this new sponsorship giving a hundred grand. Uh, one, the lawyer they have, like the whole him not having his glasses but approving the the contract. It's like, well, like I get that maybe it wasn't the best, like they didn't read through it properly, but you they are bound by a contract. And being someone who's like you know been part of business stuff, if you sign the contract, like you have to, you can't add all this extra stuff onto it that they did, especially that speech, like. I have to say, like, when she added those extra terms, like, I'm Sorry, sure ben, that... Ben, before you go any further... Yep. Does it say on your business card, someone who's been associated with business stuff? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's the only that's thing. That's so hot. That's so hot. Yeah. No, like, I mean, I've, I've dealt with, like, contracts and things, right? Like, it's I know, just... I know, totally. uh, Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, it's just, like, if that... If that actually... Like, if she were to say those things, like, on a stage in front of, like, national television... One, they had no right, like, they have no obligation to actually do any of those things, and there would probably be a press conference and probably a bunch of lawsuits. Uh, so, I think really by doing that, she would have screwed the town more than less. Uh, but yeah, like, there's the whole, like, there's this whole sub thing, and, like, no one reads the contract. It's like a, it seems like everyone in this town, when it comes to that, is very incompetent. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, money. And it's like, well... I don't know. I it just seems like such a dumb thing, like for a lawyer not to actually read through it if he's an actual lawyer and stuff. Like I don't care how bad a lawyer you are, you read through a contract. So I think that was like a pretty weak sub storyline, uh, and then it got resolved in such a weird way. I guess it just felt very unnatural and like very unrealistic compared to. I mean, a lot of this stuff is very like it could be very realistic, right? There's no like weird things in here that like wouldn't couldn't actually happen to a small town except for something like that yeah i feel like i feel like it was um kind of what carmen was saying earlier it, it was a bit of a wasted opportunity to can they could have really used the 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 villainy of this giant corporation further and and kind of made that the big villain mm-hmm. um but for whatever, whatever reason they went into the direction of christ which is you know that's fine um if that's your that's what you feel like is a is a valid um uh, obstacle yeah and um yep and then as as for oliver uh, that's his name right the lawyer guy his Uh, name's oliver sponsor guy oliver was the sponsor he was like the sponsorship director guy sponsor guy ex-boyfriend yeah i i i mean like i don't know i thought he could he did a good job of being a rival poet i was okay with that part but uh yeah i mean yeah a good point you bring up Ben. yeah and like it also sucks because like she completely screwed him too because he would definitely be out of his job if that were to happen oh, he... like he would be fired from his actual job and stuff and like i don't know it just feels like a shitty thing for her to do like to do that to him for one but also to like that cor- that company even if they are kind of scumbaggy uh with like the the dam and stuff it just seemed like such a weird thing to add in there because if you look mm-hmm. at it at all, it's just like, no, that's not something that you can do. 
and it's again it just kind of takes you out of it like the, with the realism and things yeah it was a little bit weird i agree with you there yeah 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 i didn't really think about i didn't really focus on that too much although i did think about it like i was like well yeah like there's probably some legal issues with that <laughs> but i mean yeah that wasn't what i was focused on though so i mean like in the, at, on one hand it's like a plot device in some way because like the way that the movie is concluded it's like kind of like it just kind of brushes that over and it's like mm-hmm. everyone's like oh she's smart and so then like it's like oh i guess it worked like i don't know somehow in yeah. this weird world or whatever yeah but yeah I, I yeah if if you're looking for something really real that lives in the real world then yeah this uh th- that would take it out of it unfortunately yeah also like the, the shittiness that she just did to her like um i guess her ex-boyfriend but also this guy who came in to like actually help them he she like completely screwed him over like i don't know she just seemed like a bad friend and like asking for a favor and then like making him so he loses his job and probably gets x-listed from like that kind of career yeah it just it's feels happened. bad it's happened. it's happened it's happened to us but you know what shouldn't it shouldn't have, shouldn't have been a rival poet that's what happens can you explain that term <laughs> i don't think i get that <laughs> A rival poet? Uh, mm. I think it's just like a slang I just term came up with where like you've got another person who's trying to interfere in a relationship. So it's the person who's like, I don't know, people always say it's a homewrecker, but I call them a rival poet because I think it sounds a lot more, I don't know. I don't know if I'd call her, him a homewrecker since he didn't know that she was in a relationship. True. True. Like, Which no is one exactly, knew. Like, <laughs> that's why he's a rival poet. He's like writing this like I mean, metaphorically, he's he's writing poems for her, even though she may or may not know. I don't know. I've always kind of just, like, gravitated towards that term. I don't know yeah. where it came from. I'm not going to say I coined it. Um, it came from one time when there was this lady that these two dudes liked, and they both wrote poetry for her. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably that, uh... <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think one of, one of the things that uh, was a, a moment that it's easy to breeze over, but is actually a pretty weird part of the movie, and uh, I don't know if it was as big of a thing in 2013 or 2012 when this was being made, but the the punch, I wanted to talk about that, where this dude finally stands up to his bully, you know, and this is something that Medea was talking about the whole time, and like his dad yeah. is like, oh yeah, he's always gotten pushed around and all that, and then it's like this moment, and it's like, oh, and he like really like puts his foot down, and decides to be assertive, it, ha- it it manifests itself in punching another man. Gabe, you all right? What are yeah. you doing, Gabe? Yeah, what, what are you doing? I just For our audio audience, Gabe is doing weird stuff with his camera, and I don't even know. Okay, What's I'm that? with you. Sorry. Anyway, I'm back. I thought it was I thought it was weird. Uh. It was. It didn't really. It, it seems like it's encouraging men to assert themselves with violence, and that is the way that men do things. And it's like, oh, this guy wasn't doing it before. Now he's gotten had an epiphany, and he realized right. he needs to stand up for himself and punch people. <laughs> punch and people well, who just got in a car accident. You exactly. are right. There. <laughs> <laughs> It, what, that that theme was buried in the film, like it, it was in the beginning, right when she's talking to the class, and I I can't remember what exactly Medea says, but I kind of 
I didn't think it was about inciting violence or like you have to be violent. It was more like one day you're just going to have to protect yourself. You're going to have to stand up for yourself. And yeah, but I like the situation in which he d- does that is not. Really no, I agree. I yeah. agree with you. It makes sense. No. Yeah. No. Like, no. like if they really wanted to have a moment for him, like that wasn't the that moment wasn't to it. do it. No. It wasn't. It wasn't a George McFly Biff moment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He could have instead of punching him, he could have just walked up and been like, "I'm doing the corn." Like that's basically all it was about, anyways. This is like I'm I'm growing corn. I don't care what you say. Like that's how you stand up. He didn't have to go and punch him. Like there was yeah, no need like, to like, get escalate my wife the violence. Yeah. Um. Actually, I kind of want to talk about like because if we're going through like the bullying stuff, like the low key shade or like the shade that the teacher threw on that girl, like when she oh, said, fuck. "Who can who else got A's on their last two tests?" And like <laughs> it's just like. Oh, yeah, that's right. Only that kid who you're trying to bully for being dumb, even though he's smarter than everybody in this room. <laughs> like, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, I also thought it was a little weird that they kind of, they talked about how, like, she was, like, too educated to be there, basically, as a teacher. Like, she was too experienced and had, like, too good of a background to be there. And it makes me wonder, like, why she is there. Oh, they man. don't explain that either. Like, they don't explain why she moved to this random place. They don't, like, I guess it's because of, like, his family home and stuff, but they don't really go over that that well or, like, talk yeah. about it. It might be. It, I mean, this is the thing, though, is, like, that. it's what I like about these films is they do, it touches on class division in that way of, like, you have someone who's, like, quote-unquote educated in a rural community. Um kind of doing this like mm, it's almost like this like thing of call it's like called like empty vessel it's like i'm the teacher and you're the empty vessel i'm gonna give you everything and fill you up which is like not a form of education i think is a solid one but there are a lot of people who believe that and that's where a lot of these um conflicts come from is it's like well who are you to tell me what what is right and what is wrong who are you to tell me that you know more than me because you have it on a paper, right? Mm-hmm. And so that conflict, I, I kind of, I got it. Um, but the way in which she was teaching that class, when she, when, yeah, Ben, you pointed it, you pointed that thing out, that's like, that's harsh. Yeah. I, I don't think you can say that to anybody. No. You can't read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to let, I'm out of here. <laughs> is that from something? Can't read. I don't know. I think, I think he might just he might have just created a bit, but I don't really get it. But that's okay. All right. I think that Gabe had a little bit too much eggnog, and now he has to pee. Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, with the the whole like moving to that small town, I mean, like I I didn't really stand out to me as like a thing where it's like, oh, it's a huge mystery. Like on one hand, maybe she. Oh, there we go. Oh, there maybe we go. She, maybe she loves the dude that much that she, she's willing to go to this farm and and stay with him <laughs> or maybe uh it could be that maybe she just wanted to get away from her mom yeah i mean well, like the I, mom's I, yeah i was like i i i i would say that's probably just getting away from the mom she's uh yeah more than a little overbearing could, could have been that could have been the economy yeah that's true man yeah uh, but it just seems weird well, that they would have brought it up at all then like I think that line kind of just like was like, oh well, why is she here? And then I thought like they might go into it at some point, and they they just don't. Yeah, there's a lot of things this movie could have done. 
Yeah, that's true. A lot of people do say a lot of people do say that though. Like, why are you here? Um, if you're from out of town, because like I mean that that is something very true about small towns or even like small small to medium populations where it's so insular, it's it becomes this thing of like you're not one of us. Mm. So I I don't know. I kind of get it, but yeah, a lot of missed opportunities for sure. I think in this film, but overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. I think looking back at it, I think I probably I enjoyed enough scenes to make it like an enjoyable movie, but it definitely did drag at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything outside of the department store really dragged. I think that that's kind of a theme that I've been noticing here, and you know, I really like I I would offer that I think that Tyler Perry is starting a good dialogue, and it's a really it's an interesting take on like the kind of like a look who's coming to dinner type of film as i, I yeah. mentioned to you guys when mm-hmm. i was messaging earlier yeah but a lot of his scenes just go on and yeah. i don't think that he's the most giving storyteller like the story progresses slowly mm-hmm. it's not and like maybe that's uh maybe so like a homage to films of the past where things went slow, slower paced but like you know today's market and, and film it's like you know action like all the time and the story moves quickly right yeah and so i think that you know it, and you know it comes down to his filmmaking style too of like you know these long scenes and that means that like you know what's the plot of the movie like it's it's pretty short really mm-hmm. when you boil it down and so i mean it, you know it doesn't need to be this long maybe not yeah it's you know what it is though carmen i um, and a lot of people are going to be probably super upset with me saying this but i'm it's just in a, it's just a thought i have no proof of it yet but in a lot of ways it's like clint eastwood's films because those are also super long and drawn out shots and long sequences that are they only do one take like that's his style is he only does one take and that's it and i wonder if tyler perry does the same thing because i wonder how many takes can you do that are improvised um uh, and just just with the cast in general, right? I don't know. These are interesting questions. Interesting yeah, I haven't thoughts. seen any of Clint Eastwood films, so I yeah, can't I. Uh, use that comparison, unfortunately. I'm not so educated yeah. when it comes to movies or TV, as I'm finding out. <laughs> You'll watch Run Tree Hill after this. You'll hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I will not like it. <laughs> I think you got to watch Gossip Girl. That you might actually enjoy for the first like couple I, seasons. I, I think it's really bad. I don't think it's I don't think it's up your alley, but I also think culturally, I think you need to watch Gossip, especially because they're remaking it apparently with a new cast. So <laughs> that'll be our next uh, our next series will be Gossip Girl type. It two. combines oh. the things that I love with the things that I hate. You love gossip and you hate girls, right? I'm no. gonna... <laughs> nope, apparently not. Apparently, he loves girls and hates gossip. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! I was hoping that it was gonna be like a circle wipe on me there. It was like, mm, and I was gonna be like, but it's a up. <laughs> That's all, fucks. Okay. Did you say fuck the fucks? <laughs> what? 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 I'm borrowing some uh, angry video game nerd uh, mythology there. Ah, uh, I never watched angry video game nerd. Oh my god, like, it, you have to watch it if you want to be culturally relevant. Alright, alright, I'll watch that right after this. I'll give Listen, Carmen, it's not, as funny, it's not as funny when you do it. It's only funny when we do it, okay? <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, 
Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, overall, enjoyed this movie. I definitely, I think I enjoyed the first movie we did better. Um, and I know that I'm going to enjoy Muppets better. But still fun. Still Christmas movie. Will I ever watch it again? Probably not. But, you know, um, not all movies are going to be like that. And it's, hey, still better than Christmas Chronicles 2. <laughs> I don't know about that. I liked it. Oh, jeez. The I only thing I thought Christmas the entire time 2. was uh, about the the kid elf thing, how in Deadpool he put a shiv up his butt. That's the only thing I thought the entire time. <laughs> Whenever he came on screen, I was just like, oh my god, he's probably got a shiv up his butt. <laughs> um, I think I think that film I would have enjoyed as a kid. The, the part yeah. where the, the kid has to run through all the elves attacking him with the nerf gun. Like I would, if as a kid, I think I would have been like, "Oh, that's sweet." As an adult, I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. Okay. The first Christmas okay. Chronicles was way better. Yeah. It's like that meme of like the guys that are sitting there at like that uh, E3 conference, and they like there's the first picture of them just like sitting there bored, and the second picture of them like watching Zelda, and then they're like, "Yeah, no, you guys don't no, know this I, one." I don't know that one. What about the Drake meme where he's like? And or then he's like, that one, no. yeah, okay, good. I, I don't, I don't, so, I don't do the meme stuff. That's that's Gabe. So that's Gabe's department. Christmas Chronicles as an adult, Christmas Chronicles as a kid. <laughs> Whatever, man. I got upset when Dasher got hurt. So. Also, yeah, like, why did why did he die? Like, yeah. That <laughs> when like um, the reindeer died. <laughs> I don't think the reindeer died. Like, man. I, I thought I he survived, didn't it? <laughs> I got upset for uh, Connor because I wanted Connor Connor to be recognized as a family member in this film. And they had the magic cookie that made that kid stronger, and then it didn't actually. It was just a cookie, and like he could have easily died on that mountain. <laughs> like she sent him out to somewhere she could have died with the cookies. Like this is gonna make you stronger. What if he didn't believe enough and he just like died on that mountain because of her? I mean, what if he believed enough and he still died? Oh, that's true. That's murder. That's murder one. <laughs> okay, maybe like murder three or manslaughter, but still. I don't know the law system that well. Yeah, see, uh, it's a dicey uh, situation. Uh, but yeah, no, like, also, also, why was he Australian? Like, he's from the North Pole. All the elves nice. talking like this he's weird Kiwi. Norwegian kind of accent. Oh, Kiwi. Well, he's not, fr like, why doesn't he have, like, a Norwegian accent? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, explain that one out. <laughs> explain that one away. Yeah. I mean, well, listen, man. All right. Why was why why is Tyrese in the film when there are no Transformers or fast cars? It riddled me this: Why does Kevin Costner as Robin Hood speak like he's fresh off the beach of Venice? <laughs> I mean, Venice Beach, not the beach. Of Venice. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's what they, that's what they call it in California. That's, that's what they call it in Venice Beach. I definitely do that. That's what I think. <laughs> right. In any uh, case, it was both those films are still better than Christopher Cranks. Is I don't know when he comes back with the Botox. <laughs> when he comes back with that Botox, that was pretty funny. The Botox was pretty good. That, however, you don't need an hour and a half movie to have the same effect as a five-minute YouTube skit. Don't you, though? 
And I, I think we can all agree that Elf is better than all of these put together. Times a billion. Um... What? This should not be a hard-thinking question. Or statement. All of them together? Yeah. I don't know about that. Well, let's see. Botox scene, plus picking up picture, plus nerf gun on elves, plus... What was the last we were talking about? <laughs> that was all of them, I think. Oh, yeah. Those, those three clips? I mean, Elf has some pretty good moments. Elf is nothing but good moments. Plus, it was also made by Jon Favreau, so uh, he made Iron Man, so it automatically makes it better. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. So I think that is going to do it for us. Our thoughts. We have devolved into talking about other movies at this point. Um, since we don't have any voting or anything like that, we will get into the wrap up here. I'm going to mute these guys because they always do weird stuff, and I might have to look away too because they always make weird faces at me. It makes me laugh. If you didn't know, this is the Cooperative Viewers Couch. Each and every week, we talk about a movie. We are doing a special Christmas thing right now, so we have one more movie in that series, and that is A Muppet's Christmas Carol that we will be doing Wednesday evening. Very excited about that. Um, you can catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can watch us live on Twitch, and if you ever want to check out that schedule, go to twitch.tv slash theco underscore operators. Um... You can catch us on social media. We have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and those links will be in the description of the video and of the podcast itself. Um, beyond that, thank you for listening. Gabe, can you hit us with that question of the day? It's a party in his pants. That, uh, what? It's a party in his pants. Did you know... That Medea's Christmas is based on a book, or sorry, a play. Yes, I found that out when I was doing some I, research. But yeah, I would like to see the play. Yeah, but only if the entire thing is improvised. Apparently, I want cool. like to be a completely improvised Tower Perry production. Okay. No one gets cool. lines, uh, or only one person gets a thing of lines before. The actual thing, on it's random who gets it every time. It sounds like a Molly Crew concert. <laughs> oh man, I forgot that Michael Caine is Ebenezer Scrooge. What? Oh yeah, How? yeah. I haven't seen this movie since I was a child. Yeah, I haven't actually seen this since I was a kid too. So I'm pretty excited. Well, that will do it for us today. We look forward to seeing you all Wednesday for a Muppets Christmas Carol. Look for this as a video on YouTube and our highlights and catch it on your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, I'm Ben, that's Carmen, that's Gabe. We're the Cooperators, and thank you for joining us.